0: The government invested 2.6 billion Ghana cities in subsidy to procure and distribute 1.4 million metric tons of fertilizer and 93,000 metric tons of improved seeds to more than 1.7 million farmers. This invested, investment generated farm output worth 47.5 billion cities. At the farm gate. This presents a huge economic rate of return on public expenditure under the planting for food and jobs. This, under the program, maize yields increase from an average of 1.8 metric tons per hectare to 3 metric tons per hectare. Rice yields increased from 2.7 metric tons per hectare to four metric tons per hectare, and soybeans yield increased from one metric ton per hectare to 2.5 metric tons per hectare in the same period. In addition, within that period, that is 2017 to 2021, production of maize rose from 1.7 million metric tons to 3.6 million metric tons, as more than doubled. Rise from 688,000 metric tons to 1.2 million metric tons, and soybean from 143,000 metric tons to 230,000 metric tons over the same period. In 2017, 202,000 farmers benefited from the PFJ subsidy program But by 2021, the beneficiaries had grown to 1.7 million farmers out of the total population of 3.1 million in Ghana, as captured by the Agricultural Census of 2018, the first conducted in 38 years. Tree crop diversification. As indicated, indicated earlier, In 1966, in 66 years, Ghana has approached the IMF on 17 occasions for emergency borrowing. The lesson from our journey with the IMF and bilateral donors is indicative of the urgent need to expand the export earning capacity of the Ghanaian economy to internally generate high-value risk-free funds. In the short to medium term, Only the agricultural sector can establish that capacity to achieve sustained, rapid economic growth. Under my tenure as the Minister for Food and Agriculture, in 2019, I initiated the establishment of a Tree Crop Development Authority under an Act of Parliament, Act 1010. The TCDA, established in 2020, seeks to coordinate and promote the development of six tree crops, Cashew, rubber, oil palm, coconut, mango, and shea. The goal of the authority is to develop, produce, and distribute the selected cash crop seedlings to farmers free of charge, so as to produce and generate a combined potential of export earnings between six to twelve billion dollars per year after eight to ten years of implementation. a full development, an additional six to twelve billion per year in earnings can substantially increase the less than one point five billion annual earnings from cocoa, the current highest foreign exchange earner for Ghana for over a century. The TCDA was designed to receive a seed fund of fifteen million dollars in the first three years of its creation. Unfortunately, in its current third year of operation, it has so far received only three million, equivalent to 20% of the capital needed since its establishment in 2020. I am glad to hear that last week the World Bank has announced funding to support TCDA and aspect of Ghana Cocoa activities to the tune of 200 million US dollars. By prioritizing the tree crop subset alone, Ghana would be weaned off its financial dependency on the IMF and other bilateral donors. If Ghana had started this journey decades ago, the country would have been closer to achieving Ghana beyond eight. Madam Chair, at this juncture, I would like, I would like to make reference to our good neighbor, Cote d'Ivoire. Although that country has not fully realized its potential, it has made significant achievements in this regard. Cote d'Ivoire's total annual export earnings from the the five cash crops, cashew, cocoa, coffee, rubber, and oil palm, fetches the economy of Cote d'Ivoire some $8 billion every year. Compared to less than $2 billion, Ghana earns from the same crops, including cocoa. So you see how far back we are on this journey to realize our agricultural potential. In addition, to further enhance income and job creation from its own major export earner cocoa, the Ministry established the National Cocoa Rehabilitation Program. Launched in 2020, the NCHP has been designed to put in, in measures that support the private sector to scale up cocoa production, expand local cocoa processing, promote market expansion of the export of cocoa products into new markets for vigorous promotion to boost domestic and international consumption. Even at this initial stage, the NCHP has achieved some significant success, although inadequate. Thousands of farmers who had abandoned their cocoa farms due to the devastating effect of cocoa swollen shoot virus disease returned to their farms. As of 30 September 2022, a total farm area of 56,343 hectares had been fully treated across the cocoa-growing regions of Ghana. When fully implemented, the National Cocoa Rehabilitation Program should boost production and generate increased foreign exchange earnings from cocoa. Horticulture, the, the construction of greenhouse training centers, which with attached commercial units, is a key job and value creation tool for Africa's economic development. Under my leadership, we constructed three greenhouse training centers with an attached commercial unit at Dawinga, Akumadan, and Budjiasi in the Eastern Region, for training 537 youth in high-quality vegetable production. These vegetables are sold to high-end shops scattered across various cities in Ghana, including Palace, Mall, ShopRite, Starbite, KFC, Vega King, and Tema, amongst others. And as part of efforts to attract the youth into agriculture, 540 youth trainees and students from various tertiary institutions were sent to Israel for an 11-month paid internship to gain practical experience in modern farming practices. The young beneficiaries have been assisted to set up their own farm enterprises. Madam Chair, Another area for development in Ghana's agricultural sector is the livestock subsector which plays a significant role in the provision of proteins in our food which is critical to the health of the the country. Under my watch, Ghana's veterinary services have seen substantial improvements. done included the installation of new laboratories, re-equipment of old ones, and the recruitment of 500 additional veterinary personnel. The poultry industry faces various challenges. Key amongst them is the high cost of feed and the high importation of cheap poultry products onto the market in Ghana. There is a double-edged solution to this. The first is to regulate the importation of chicken and other meat products, and secondly, to address the cost of feed. This will be tackled as a major responsibility of the Incoming Grain Development Authority, which I will speak about later. To this end, the Ministry prepared a proposal for the establishment of a poultry development authority to equip and promote growth in the sector. Agricultural Mechanization. The Ministry of Food and Agriculture, since 2017, have imported and received and distributed a total of 12,200 pieces of agricultural machinery equipment at 40% CIF subsidy to farmers. This was a decision taken by the Akufuado government to subsidize farm machinery to a tune of 40% of the landed price of agricultural machinery imported into Ghana. The machinery includes tractors, harvesters, irrigation equipment, food processing, and post-harvest management equipment. Additionally, a tractor-assembling plant is being established near Ejuso in Kumasi in the Ashanti region. Processes have been concluded with the Exim Bank of India under my initiative to provide a facility to import $150 million worth of farm and agro-processing machinery. Shipments are expected to commence by the end of this year, 2023. Of the machinery so far received, 32 district assemblies and selected private sector operators have benefited from a scheme to revive the agricultural mechanization centers and provide hiring services to both small and large scale farmers. In addition to these interfaces with the farmers, as I mentioned earlier, alongside that is the creation of new commodity institutions with legislative backing we've already spoken about the tree crop development authority but there are quite a few uh, authorities that are in the pipeline the grain development authority is one of them the ministry prepared a proposal for cabinet approval and a bill has since been submitted to ghana's parliament for the establishment of the Grain Development Authority. This bill seeks to amend the Grain Development Authority Law of 1970, Act 324. The Grain Development Authority will be a regulatory body for grain, for the grain subsector, responsible for research and development, production, marketing, and exports. Another key role of the incoming Grain Development Authority is to make all necessary interventions in the poultry industry to enhance local production and costs, as well as product, protect the local industry. The GDA will purchase grains at the time of the harvest, when prices are low, store the grains, and release them to the poultry farmers and other stakeholders in the value chain in times of high prices. Currently, the export of grains, in particular maize, paddy rice, and soya to the equest markets are conducted in the informal sector. The sharp increase in grains production in response to the PFJ has increased exports across our borders to neighboring countries. But unfortunately, Madam Chair, a large part of these trading activities are conducted outside the banking system, with circumventing customs regulations and official records. the grain trade with our ecologist neighbors could potentially be worth hundreds of millions of U.S. dollars as production and trade continue to grow and trading is brought into the formal economy. One of the urgent tasks of the Grain Development Authority would be to formalize the potential major source of foreign exchange for Ghana. Also, in the pipeline, a draft cabinet memoranda, which I left at the Ministry, for the establishment of the Horticultural Development Authority and the Poultry Development Authority, give special focus to these subsectors. The Ministry also initiated a memorandum proposing legislation requiring all commercial banks to increase loanable funds to agriculture and its value chains. This document was submitted to Cabinet for approval and onward submission to Parliament. The legislation seeks to address the acute shortage of financial credit to stakeholders in the agricultural value chain in this country. We move to other areas of concern. Invest in women in agriculture. May I seek your indulgence, Madam Chair, to present to this audience that the national, continental, and global goal to achieving equality, equity, and inclusion of all women is a critical step for the economic empowerment of all Ghanaian women in all sectors of the economy, including agriculture. The contribution of women in agriculture is extensive and includes the role of providing labor for weeding planting, harvesting, processing, and marketing. This accounts for up to 70% of food production across the continent. In the case of Ghana, they contribute to over 70% of food production. Yet many women across the continent involved in farming are plagued with issues of illiteracy, lack of knowledge, and appreciation of technology, land acquisition, and ownership issues amongst others. It is important for government to prioritize these issues and invest in women. Now I have a few stories to tell in addition to what the whole master said about his neighbor up north. The role of academic institutions such as the University of Ghana in pushing for transformative agriculture is crucial. This reminds me of the uplifting agricultural story of our own university here in Lagos. In the 1940s, when the elites in the Gold Coast passionately objected to to the findings and recommendations of a British colonial commission favoring the establishment of a university in Lagos over the Gold Coast, a new commission was constituted to reverse the decision. Unfortunately, a post-World War II colonial government could not finance the establishment of the new institution in the Gold Coast, and so they leased them back on a self-funding drive which attracted contributions from cocoa farmers of the Gold Coast at the time. The cocoa farmers sponsored the initiative because they were certain <coughs> it would be in their best interest to have a university in the Gold Coast. This initiative gave birth to the University College of the Gold Coast, later named the University College of Ghana, which subsequently became the Independent University of Ghana. As critical as agriculture is, the university established a research-based college of agriculture as a contributor to the development of the sector in the country, which has immensely benefited a great number of professionals and farmers along the agricultural value chain, including yours sincerely here. Many farmers across the country have yet to receive the much needed technology and the support they need in order to succeed. And I will still refer you to the story told us by uh, the hallmaster of our home. For instance, Fosia Garaba, one of the many women in Yendi, cannot afford to buy fertiliser, certified seed or even gain access to higher tractor services for the timely plowing of her land. Most farmers in Ghana do not have access and all the know-how to operate basic farming technologies and systems. Most do not own phones, and some of the few who do May only use it for just making and receiving calls, but not have the know-how to access basic interventions delivered as unless via SMS to inform them of the weather forecast, available markets for their produce, etc. On the other side, there are stories to celebrate. Last year in Asamankese, I met two medical doctors who had hung up their status quo to become full-time farmers. One was a coconut farmer and the other a food crop farmer. I cannot end my stories without sharing one personal experience with the king of the Mamprosis, the Nairi, who has been a farmer all his life. In December 2019, when I visited his palace in Nalirugu, he was full of praises for the P.F.J. He informed me that for a fair time in his community, stocks of new maize, which were being harvested at the time of my visit, had been brought into his barn when old stocks from the previous year, 2018, were still available. In other words, Madam Chairman, the King was acknowledging the success of the PFJ program in his kingdom. Now let's move on from the stories to the new paradigm that I'm suggesting I'm bringing to the table. The critical, I call them the critical success factors. There's an urgent need for things to be done differently. If we are to succeed in transforming our agriculture for the prosperity of all, the critical success factors in our transformation agenda will hinge on the following. The political world. Ghana has to prioritize agricultural transformation at the highest level of government through the implementation of a well-defined vision and strategy. The investment needed to achieve sustainable food systems will be non-negotiable in my vision to transform agriculture for prosperity for all. The Prime Minister of India, Darrell Nero, once said, and I quote, Everything can wait, but not agriculture." I now come to the governance structure. In addition to the economic management team headed by the vice president, there shall be a newly created agricultural management team chaired by the president himself to drive agricultural development, the AMT, Shall comprise seven agricultural related ministries, namely food and agriculture, finance, trade and industry, lands and natural resources, transport, local government and rural development, and environment, science, technology, and innovation. To improve supply chain logistics and expand market access infrastructure, projects such as feeder roads, hospitals, housing, rural electrification, Irrigation storage will be the integral part of the transformation agenda. Significant investments shall be made in big data and technology for precise and evidence-based decision-making in partnership with the private sector. Agricultural policy must be driven by evidence. It is essential that policymakers, farmers and actors in the value chain are trained to access the benefits of data for decision-making. Precision agriculture that gives farmers the ability to use inputs more effectively to increase productivity will be prioritized. Shall ensure that target users of technology are involved in every stage of the process. This will provide opportunities to empower the youth and create new jobs research and development. I shall appropriately fund the research endeavors of the diverse international, uh, uh, sorry, national agricultural research institutions, including the universities, in areas such as agronomy, extension, plant breeding, integrated soil fertility management, integrated pest and disease management, post-harvest management, and climate smart technologies. We need to care the effects of climate change and, so, and sustain yields in farmers' fields. We must grow crops that are resilient to withstand drought, heavy rains, and heat. Sustainable investment in science, technology, and innovation in agricultural development will offer prosperity to all. Now, they develop shall establish an appropriate regulatory framework to leverage private sector investment across all sectors and promote the efficient distribution of agro inputs. In addition, the regulatory framework will seek to develop platforms for agricultural innovations, output market structures, and incentives that allow for full realization of the value of increased production. Human development. A comprehensive strategy will be adopted to develop human capital needed to take innovation to scale along the agricultural commodity value chain. This will include farmer field schools, demonstration plus, development of agro training of agricultural extension agents, and value chain actors to improve efficiency. We shall also support social development programs aimed at reducing illiteracy among rural households and farmers to increase the adoption of new technologies. We shall develop curricula in our educational system that equip students with the mindset, knowledge and skills for agricultural education. Madam Chair, in conclusion, the importance of agricultural sector to Ghana's economy can be assessed not only by its contribution to GDP, but also by the high percentage of the employed population in agriculture that represented an important source of income for the large majority of households in this country. We must engage to create commonwealth that sees to the needs of the common people. There is a need for a new innovative business model, value addition, productive scale, uh, stakeholder engagement, including the youth smallholder farmers and large-scale farmers and everyone in the agribusiness value chain for adequate and affordable food and high-value export to fully benefit from the gains of the agricultural sector. My overall vision for Ghana is to achieve agriculture led growth for the structural transformation of the economy. This will be achieved through creating alternative opportunities for boosting foreign exchange earnings, mechanising the sector, prioritizing public funding in the sector, improving productivity in smallholder farmers and farms, as well as growing other sectors of the economy through revenues generated for a self reliant, food, secure, wealthy and healthy nation. Madam Chair, I must reiterate here that agriculture is a means to our end. The Tree Crop Development Authority, the Grain Development Authority and other commodity institutions outlined in this presentation can together substantially expand our export earning capacity to fund industrial development and finance social sectors including health, education, housing and roads. Expanding our export earning capacity should reduce our dependence on external borrowing to fund our economic development, as has been the case since independence. Long live the University of Ghana. Long live Mesa Sabah Hall. Happy 60th anniversary. Hooray! Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Thank you
1: very much. A sudden ovation. A ovation. We are, not, we, are we are not there. We are not there. We are not there. Okay, we are not there. All right. So, okay. Another round of applause for our next speaker, Honorable Dr. Ogusu Afriye Akoto. Thank you so much, Doc. And then, uh, you know, something. Shall we receive our seats? Thank you so much. We are live on Joy News TV. The Live on Joy FM ninety-five. Oh, Let's be... yeah. alright. set up This is you space. Give me a moment Uh, You know sometimes hmm, Technology can trick you You know When we met At UPSA I told the organizers Give me a hardcore paper And let me read From the paper Today he said we are going to the guitar So they gave me a guitar And I brought my iPad And I was saying that were not true saying things that were not true. So I saw Madame Beauty. Look at me and say, ah, I was eh dog, eh? I was reading that. Isn't the man that I've worked with for several years? As a matter of fact, now honourable doctor Usua Friday Akuto actually graduated from here, the University of Ghana. The bachelor's degree in agriculture. He also holds MSc and PhD degrees in Agricultural Economies from the University of Cambridge, not Harvard. Put your hands together for no Cambridge. And you know there's this rivalry between Harvard and you know Cambridge and Oxford and all that so uh, thank you so much for the correction.
2: Bro, see with the EcoBank salary account, you will enjoy free life insurance, oh. free debit card, save while you spend, and an amazing chance to double Shh. your salary, a hundred seven, oh, and even more consolation rewards in the EcoBank Double Salary Promo Reloaded. Vroom,
1: This EcoBank salary account sounds interesting. what do you think? Eh, uh, uh, yeah.
2: but maybe next time,
1: Charlie. You know what? I'll go shine my Hey! Yo, myself, I'll go check my BB
2: open an ecobank salary account today for a lifetime of benefits you also stand a chance to win more than double your salary in the ecobank double salary promo reloaded from now till july 31st terms and oh conditions apply
1: Enjoy, Life regardless.
2: This promo is under the supervision of the National Lottery authority under the Caritas Lottery platform.
0: For crystal clear and thrilling podcasts and live shows, download and listen to us on Apple, Spotify, TuneIn, Google Podcasts, MindJoy Online, Amazon services like Echo, Amazon Music, and Audible. Stitcher, Atom Online, Overcast, and Pandora. Take note of everything. Sign up for the Multimedia Digital Platforms now to stay updated.
2: Everything has a meaning. If you recklessly and maliciously destroy reputations, you must suffer the lawful consequences. For every story, there are many versions of what is true. If you compare last year, which is 2,589 deaths, Mm -hmm. added to this year, we have already passed 3,000 deaths in 15 months. Every opinion can be debated. The political constructs of the national interest can be interrogated.
1: You cannot... Call for abolition of the Fourth Republic, in
2: the name of seeking constitutional reform. But some facts are hidden in the depths of interpretation. It's our motto for Christmas that he'll give you vaccines, twenty thousand, and not receive payment. So we check the facts. The truth is that we are in the I don't think we, we, we should kid ourselves that, oh, maybe it's about coming in and all that. It is here. Raise the standards of intellectual discourse and present the issues on the altar of unbiased scrutiny. This altar is Newsfile, your most authoritative news analysis program. We must practice independent, credible, and fearless journalism. Newsfile with Sam Singh, Ladia Yenini. From Nairobi, this is Focus on Africa on BBC News. Our top stories. Another day of protests in Kenya, pockets of demonstrations over high taxes and the cost of living. This issue is no longer simply a political problem between two uh, political party formations, but really is a classic example of grievances arising from the cost of living. China signs an investment deal worth 36 billion U.S. dollars with Algeria. Also in the program, all eyes on the Women's World Cup. As Africa teams square off against stiff competition, Nigeria, who are the first to play hold off the Olympic champions, Canada. Many thanks for joining us for Focus on Africa. I'm Wahiga Mwaura. Let's start here in Nairobi, where the city is returning to calm after three days of demonstrations against high taxes and the cost of living have come to an end. Now, today's protests were more low key compared to the last couple of days, but there was some unrest. Let me show you Kibera in Nairobi where there were clashes between protesters and their police. Now, there's been no sign of opposition leader Raila Odinga, who called for people to hit the streets. He said that he was suffering from a bad flu and denied that his absence was part of a plot to get into a deal with President William Ruto. President Ruto, for his part, has defended the police after the protests turned deadly, saying that they ensured that peace prevailed. The Kenyan Human Rights Commission, however, called the police reaction as an act of terrorism. So how did Kenya get here?